night wherever you are in the world. My name is Tiana and welcome back to another episode of From the Field to the Track. As usual, I am joined by my co-host and best friend, Katie. Katie, how are you today? I am fantastic. How are you, Tiana? I am great. You know, it's great weather in Can Australia. we address... Can we address the elephant oh, in the room? <laughs> the elephant Your in the room. Your hair is gone. I know. I cut it all off. Okay. So <laughs> embarrassing story, really. So I wanted to cut my hair up to my collarbone, right? That's always the lowest that I go is up to my collarbone because anything else, I think I look like my mum, right? And I'm like, you know what? Maybe short hair isn't for me. In the heat of the moment, I also have like low-key a lot of social anxiety. So when this lady was doing my hair, she was like, oh, do you want to go above or below? just at your shoulders in my mind I thought she meant collarbone and I said above my above my shoulders because I thought that my shoulder and my collarbone were apparently the same thing even though I know Mm. they're not the same thing so Mm. then Ava who is my cousin who was sitting with me who is who I took to the salon with me she looked she kind of looked at me and gave me like a what is wrong with you kind of look but I had my glasses off and if you know me you know that I am extremely blind can't see anything without my glasses off poor girl um but yeah, so I didn't realize that I was actually cutting it that short until I put my glasses back on and I was like, oh, all my hair is gone. <laughs> but you're also such and... a people pleaser that even if she was like, oh, to here, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. Like, just whatever you want. Like, <laughs> like what, what, us, what, do we, what do you think? What do you think yeah. is right? And then, yeah. So before she did the face framing, I kind of looked like Edna from... Um, the Incredibles, and I was like, there is no way I'm going to walk out of the salon, I'm going to be crying. And then she did the face framing. It looks fine. Like, it looks fine now. Like, I, I don't mind it at all. It I just kind of look like Dora. Literally, literally had a midlife crisis, had to call one of my friends last night. I was like, this was after Katie went to sleep, by the way. Otherwise, I would have called Katie and been like, do I look like Dora the Explorer? But I had to call one of my friends last no. night. I was like, do I look like Dora the Explorer? Be for real. Like, right now, I'm going to have a mental breakdown if you say yes. Do you know what? But other than that, like, like, you're not going to be able to put no, no, your... No, no, no. Hateless curls in. Exactly. I tried to do that last night and then it was a hot mess express. My hair was up till here because they curled so much and I was like, yeah, no, nah, not happening. Not today. Got a podcast to film. We're not looking like this crazy person on like the internet. So I just put a bunch of water through my hair and I'm trying to work out how to style it. So if anyone has any suggestions, please leave them below because I would love to know your suggestions of what to do with my hair. But today, Katie and I decided that we wanted to talk about the Formula 2 and Formula 3 seasons. Obviously, this is one of the first full seasons of Formula 2 and Formula 3 that I have watched personally. I can't say the same for Katie, but I know that for myself, I've watched the entire season of both Formula 2 and Formula 3. So it's kind of cool. But we wanted to talk, obviously, a lot of things happened during the Formula 2 and Formula 3 seasons. Obviously, both championships were only decided in the final races of the respective seasons. So we kind of wanted to do a debrief on the season that was 2023 for the junior categories of Formula 1. So, Katie, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with, like, some highlighted, some highlight moments of the season for, for both, of the seasons for both of us? Yeah. Um, we'll I... go Formula 3 and then Formula 2. Okay, Formula 3. Ooh. I feel like Monaco for Formula 3. I was like, I was so excited for like there just to be <laughs> chaos. Like 30 cars yes. on the track. I think if every race weekend in both Formula 3 and Formula 2, there's always like the the little safety car, Bert Mightlander, gets his gets his miles in, you know. Every single race weekend there's always something going on. So I think I was excited for that. 
um yeah i think yeah and it delivers every race weekend delivers did you have mm-hmm. a favorite moment of the formula three season obviously obviously but um no like like you like yourself i was a high i've been hyped since they announced the calendar last year and they said that monaco was on the formula 3 calendar i literally sent yeah. it to, i'm pretty sure the first person i sent it to was katie and would be like 30 cars around monaco that sounds yeah. like chaos like 20 cars around monaco is a bit of a stretch these days like the size of the formula one cars <laughs> And then having 30 cars around Monaco at the same time is just, like, crazy. And although, like, literally, the grid went all the way, like, back up the straight. And I was like, this is going to be crazy. And it wasn't crazy indeed, and it did deliver. But, obviously, I think my favourite Formula 3 season, like, Formula 3 moment, I think this also has to be for Formula 2 as well, is getting to watch live the inaugural races of Formula 3 and Formula 2 around oh. Melbourne Park. Like, that's never happened before. I forgot that, because like, that was their first time going to Australia as well. I forgot that. I know, and it's so, like, crazy to me, because in my mind, like, Formula... Like, Australia is such a good place for, like, feeder series, especially, like, Albert mm. Park. It's not that difficult of a track. Like, to, it's not it's not really easy, like, say, like, something like the Red Bull Ring is, where it's, like... I don't actually think the Red Bull Ring is that easy, but anyways... Um, but like it's not like I don't know what easy, makes a like, race track hard and easy. To be fair with you, to, yeah. To be yeah. To be fair, I don't know either. But <laughs> like I just think that it's it's not it's not like your Monaco's or it's not like your Singapore's where the, where it's tight and it's just like you know it's like a traditional street track. It's a park at the end of the day, and there's a lot of room yeah. for racing. And I think we did see pretty much good racing. Obviously, Pepe Mardi qualifying P30 back back row of the grid and then come making his way up and like finishing in the points obviously that's really good and then to see just like to hear the cars like obviously when you see them on TV they don't sound like you know they're loud but like mm. you don't think they're that loud and the word the, the craziest fact to me is that the Formula 3 and Formula 2 cars are louder than the F1 cars like, okay I see could, I was about to ask like, I that I deal with the F1 cars yeah, I could actually. Someone said that to me. Cars. Like I didn't have. Mm. Somebody said that to me. The go go. <laughs> Somebody said that to me that they were a lot louder. I met this guy and he was telling me about how they were louder, and I was like, "Oh, interesting fact." And that just reminded me of that. So if you're listening, that random guy that approached me in town and gave me a hug, <laughs> I shared your fact <laughs> on this podcast. I shared your fact. But yeah, no, it was like crazy to because obviously in your mind you think like Formula One's obviously got to be the loudest, like right. And for oh, yeah. especially for during OCGP, there was I'm pretty sure it was the super no, it was Porsche Carrera Cup, Supercars, Formula Three, yeah. Formula Two, Formula One. Everything was on that track at that during that weekend. Like it was intense, and I can safely say that the loudest out of all of the ca- all of the five categories had to be the formula three and formula two cars because like especially formula three when they because i was sitting on the turn but right before the straight like the start finish straight so when they'd go past you could just hear like the battery like start to like like recharge and then you could hear like the spluttering of the engine just as it goes down obviously you saw a lot of saw a lot of formula three formula two drivers kind of like get caught out because obviously the turns Obviously, there was a few crashes in front of me as well and going down the straight, which is also not lovely to see, but it's also really cool to see, like, what happens, like, like see yeah. a crash live, you know, like, knowing that they're okay. Like, you know what I mean? It's just cool to, like, watch them. Like, not cool. That's that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just fascinating to see how quickly they can lose the car on the turn and then, like, how yeah. the 
anyways, I'm going to stop talking. Anyways, but yeah, those are pretty memorable moments in Formula 3. But obviously, the Formula 2 season had to be a little bit more memorable for us both because we had a lot more favourites in Formula 2 this year than we did in Formula 3. So, Katie... What were your like? What was your one of your peak favorite moments of the Formula Two season this year? Hold on, I wrote them down because I just had so many. So I have, I think I've got four. <laughs> I got f- four. Yep. Okay, one of them is going to mm-hmm. tie into a later point, so we'll just go into that later. Actually, two of them do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So therefore, I have two favorite moments. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, okay. Oh, where was this? Oh. Enzo's radio in Brazil. So he gets P2 and he gets on the radio. He's like, what position did we finish in? And Baku. then his, his, oh, is it Baku? Why did I think it was Brazil? Okay, anyway, Baku. He goes, they didn't goes, race in Brazil. <laughs> Why did I think Brazil? Uh, anyway, they don't race. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's Brazilian, he goes, maybe. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, what? Why am I holding my hand up like it's a phone call? He goes, what position did I finish in? His engineer goes, like he says something like random thing and then he goes no no like, i really serious? don't know where i finish yeah he's like no no i really don't know where i finish tell me where i finish like p7 what do we finish and he's like you finished p2 and he's just like oh my god it's so cute it was so um, cute so i think that was pretty sweet like i love enzo he's such a he's such a sweet like lovely like he just seems so sweet anyway mm-hmm. um my second favorite not second favorite but another moment that like is in my head is Vesti coming out the pits and losing his tires. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That and like so all the dis- drivers I- around him are giving commentary about it, and it's like there's a really funny radio message I was listening to it this morning of Roy Nassani, and he's like commenting. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, Vesti just lost his I- two like." Is it his front tires or his rear tires? I think it's his rear tires. And then it like, and then the broadcast like switched to the Prima engineers, and all the Prima engineers are like. I'm gonna lose my job. It's really funny. <laughs> it is so, yeah, it I so think funny. That was, like that was one wholesome and one kind of like funny, like laughing in someone's most for- misfortune moment for me. Yeah, that's fair. Like I feel like at the end of the day, oh man, Vesti had such bad luck. But we'll get into that later. But like my top Formula Two moments, obviously, first of like this is I'll I'll have two as well, just four lols. Can I try this so, one? My, of them? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. First, first, let me say the other one, and then you can guess the okay. top moment. Because I guess okay. everyone at home, everyone who's watching this, will be able to guess what my top moment of the year was. Um, but my my second moment, obviously, although it pained me to say, I loved seeing Paul Aaron um, replace Clem for the last race of the season, obviously making his Formula 2 debut. Yeah. It's really iconic of him. Obviously, Paul has had a really tough like a year this year, obviously getting dropped from Mercedes, getting dropped from Prema and all of that respectively but to finish p3 in your rookie season in formula 3 and then come out flying and like just get a chance to race in formula 2 in the final season although although he did get a lot of bad luck during that race he still got to race and that's a pretty cool achievement you know what i mean but katie do you want to guess my top moment of 2023 listen this is just a stab in a dark i'm kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks sticks mm. But I remember myself sitting in my room and it was it was a, a late night and, and Zambort F2 was playing and Clem yeah. took the lead and I said, Tiana will be going crazy now. And you, will going, you were going crazy. So if I had to take a guess, I would say it would be Clem winning and Zambort. You are so correct. 
It is the it is indeed the Xenvort feature race. Okay, as you can see behind me, huge Screaming Meals fan, huge Clement Novelak fan. I like it's to the point where I genuinely think that this man's got to know that I'm a big fan of his because I'm just that like like hey, he's wished me a happy birthday. All of the stuff, like, obviously, at this point, you've got to have known. But anyways, back to my living not in delusion. Um, I just remember watching the chaos unfold and seeing that the race was, like, everyone, it was raining and then it was dry and then it was just, like, changeable conditions. And obviously, those are my favourite kind of races, like, changeable conditions in weather. Like, if it starts raining mid-race, you best believe that I am hyped for that race. And especially if it is raining in Formula 2 or Formula 3. Especially in Formula 3 because they can't change the tyres. But in Formula 2, in a feature race, when they have to change the tyres, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good race because anyone can win and only, like, one person is allowed. Like, two people are allowed per tyre. So it's going to be a long pit stop where I'm, like, mentally preparing myself for it. What I was going into, like, that day watching the Zandvoort feature race was not thinking that Clem was going to win. Look, I had my delusion set high, maybe points, maybe a podium even. If I was being realistic, I would say points. But if I was being delusional, I would have said a podium. Never in my life did I think it was going to be a win. So, to my shock, when Clem is, when everyone pits and Clem is leading the feature race, I'm like, did this man pit? I can't even remember at this point. So, I'm just sitting there on my couch trying to just pray and hope that no one overtakes him and that this man does not get, like, absolutely, like, it, like, get some bad luck. Like, because Trident have had their fair share of shockers this year. Like, Clem's other podium that he scored was, dis- was like, he was disqualified because of the tie the tie pressure so i'm literally in my like i'm literally on my couch praying i'm like please please let him win this feature race and like please make sure that there is nothing wrong with this car nothing illegal with this car because i'm telling you i will not like you you you've got to mentally prepare yourself for the person that i'm about to become so best believe that my entire family knows that i'm a huge clump clump fan so when they were watching the because i'm watching it on the big tv like inconveniencing everyone my parents and my, my sister and my mom are trying to make dinner and they're like, why are you looking at the TV so intently? And then I'm just sitting there crying because Clem has just won the feature race, his first ever race in Formula 2. And I'm like, this is crazy. And obviously, at the end of the day, I did um, I did have a feeling that Clem was going to leave at the end of the season. Obviously, it's, not very wi- it's very widely spread at the fact that he does not very much like the Formula 2 kind of world especially with the amount of money that it costs and then like the risk the risk versus reward there it's not really worth it so i'm glad that he got to win a race in his final season in formula 2 and obviously make us clem fans and just formula 2 fans really everywhere around the world happy and we could survive another day of the dutch national anthem because obviously max verstappen took the win in formula 1 but those are pretty Backbones iconic everywhere fans. smiled that day they did backbones everywhere he really, like, I don't know, I can't describe it. And it was just, like, I could, I knew in my mind, I was like, you know what, this man is going to get absolutely steamed tonight. And I was right, because then in the next podcast episode, they were talking about how yeah, they, he didn't even know who where he was at some point. Perfect. Okay, what do we... That's how I'd be if I ever won a Formula 2 race, I think. Let's just cut that out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, what am I talking about now? Oh, the unexpected moment of the season. That's what we're talking about. Okay, I'm going to cut all oh. of that out and just go to I've you. used mine. <laughs> Sorry. I've used mine. Oh, okay. What about... What about oh, your unexpected moment? Okay. In Baku. Is it Baku? Where, like, somebody shunted the oh, wall yes. and then... Oh, yes. Okay, let's start again. Hold on. 
I need to, like, because I need to cut out everything that I just missed. Sorry. Okay. Good morning, good so night. So now we're going to talk about our unexpected... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. And now we're going to talk about our unexpected moments of the Formula 2 and Formula 3 seasons. Okay, so, Katie, you start with your Formula... Look, I don't really think... I can't really think of a lot of my unexpected moments in the Formula 3 season, mostly because every moment in Formula 3 is, unex- un- like unexpected you know what like i think there's too much chaos that happens in formula 3 for you to really narrow down one moment but if you were to oh wait you go i have one i have one one. okay this this moment and i don't know which race it is uh forgive me but we can probably find out and you can like tell me later well you might remember um pipe marty spins out and then he comes back to join the track and slams into somebody and like then they're both out oh who was it who did he slam into it was Ido Cohen, and I. I it was. He, like, he hit Ido Cohen, but I can't remember. I think it was. No, it wasn't Barcelona. The second person. Oh. Yeah, so it was like he. So Ido Cohen was coming around the corner, and then Pepe didn't mm. see. And then he rejoined, and then I remember, and I felt so bad because he obviously, like, you could hear in Pepe's voice, like, he was, like, he was petrified. He thought that he had actually yeah. just, like, absolutely hurt this guy. He And I felt really yeah. bad for him in that moment. I feel like it was. Maybe it was. No, was it Spa? I think it was Spa. It was one of those, like, it was definitely like a European race. It was it Spa was, or Red um, Bull Ring. I, tell I you, think it was I one of those two. Or something. Yeah, but, yeah, and I felt really bad because I felt bad for both of them. Obviously, they were both kind of out of the points, whatever. And then Pepe obviously felt, like, really bad because he had just hit into, crashed into someone and no one really wants that, eh? You don't really want that in Formula 1, Formula 2 or Formula 3 because... That's not Sorry. good at all. Katie's tr- Katie's in the detective work. We'll speed this up for you guys trying to find it. She's found it. No, I haven't. Okay. No, she has it? not. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to have to read a flag because I've only got a flag. Um, yeah, spa. Yeah, spa. Yeah, spa. Thank you. Good night. There you go. Thank you. Good night. Well, I don't okay. think... I think well, if, my, if I had a Formula 3 unexpected moment, sorry, it would just be like... The way that Prema messed up in Spa for, like, Paul's strategy. And I feel like at the end of the day, that was a really good turning point for why Paul, like, why Borsalotto won the championship in Spa. Like, mm. essentially he won the championship in Spa. Like, because Paul had to score a certain amount of points. And although he could have gotten the two points for, like, being on pole in Monza, at the end of the day, he had to score maximum points and Borsalotto had scored no points for him to, like, mm. be the champion of Formula 2. So... Mm. I don't know. I'm a really big Prema hater at the moment, so yeah. Do you have an unexpected moment in form? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I feel like I used mine by saying when Fred lost his tires. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I used that. That was. I do. I have That's a really good oh, unexpected. When, when, um, who was it? I feel like Victor was definitely involved. Somebody hit the it wall. Was in Jay- Baku so it was like, Jay. I'm pretty yes. sure it was Jahan first. He hit the wall, and then Victor also hit the wall. Oh no! It was, it was like Victor a blind hit the wall corner first. or something. It yeah. was the literal first corner, and they all go into the first corner, and then Victor yeah. goes, and then it's just like boom, boom, boom. Jahan goes boom. on top of him, and then Vesti's off. <laughs> like Vesti wasn't off because that, that's the thing. Vesti didn't go off because it was a parallel one too. So it's just crazy because half the grid DNF'd right then there in the first corner. Yeah. If the seas parted and a certain trident car came all the way through, he finished really well in that um, race and he got points. 
I think he did. I think he got. I think he was top five actually, which is pretty good. Yeah, good from so him. Slay. Do you? But have yeah, one? I feel like my. This is gonna be. This is gonna be our next talking point as well. So might as well say it now. But like, I mm. think my unexpected moment was Teo Pusher. Not Teo Pusher. Actually, Teo Pusher winning the championship. If you told me probably like two rounds into the Formula Two season that Teo won the won the championship, I would have laughed in your face because I thought for all money that thing was going to Fred Vesti or like Aomi Owasa. Oh, yeah. I didn't even have Fred. In, I didn't even have like Teo in my um like contenders after three rounds of Formula One of Formula Two, yeah. which I think is crazy. But at the end of the day, I think we've said this on our like Abu Dhabi preview. Teo's luck. I mean, not Teo's luck. Fred's Thanks. luck has been absolutely horrific. Like at the end of the day, you could say that yes, Teo has had a few bad races, and obviously that has, like, he could have won the championship by a lot more if he didn't have those bad races. But Fred Vesey could have very well won the championship if he didn't have the bad luck that he did. And obviously, there's some things that were out of his control, such as like his tires not being put on properly. Like Katie said, like that's such a like. For a team that is so far advanced as Prema is, and like so yeah. good, like Prema is, you wouldn't expect them to make mistakes like that. You know what I mean? At the end mm. of the day, they are the top. Like I, in my opinion, in my opinion, they are the top team in Formula One. I mean, not Formula One, Formula Two, and Formula th- in, in all junior categories. And I'm going to be very honest with that when I say, in my opinion, Prema Racing. If you got the chance to sign with Prema, your career is pretty much set especially if you've got a seat in formula 2 or formula 3 your career is pretty much like think about how many drivers on the current f1 grid on the current f1 grid oh, have i did the Prima. maths once it's like over 50 percent especially like it's there's crazy. like a very like that that like age group that all went through like pierre mm-hmm. and charles and um, like i'm pretty sure yeah, every single person like i know charles has i know joe has logan oscar yeah. like all yep, of these Pierre. Uh, Pierre, all of these drivers who have who have excelled during their careers now, like they have been at Prema at one point in their career, and yes, that is due to Prema maximizing their, like maximizing their ability in the car, like maximizing the car that they have. And obviously, they always have a good car underneath them. Yeah, yeah, but they also and have every... very close ties with a certain Ferrari, Italian, yeah. certain Italian, Italian driver dude. academy. Yeah, and um, that's the thing. Like but they always have the. Yes, yes, I agree. And it's just like, in my mind, every single time someone brings up, like, Prama's domination, the only thing that goes through my mind is that one episode of Screaming Mills where they're in, like, Budapest and they're talking to Jahan and Dennis. And they're, like, talking about how when they were racing in, um, Formula, when Marcus was racing in Formula 3, Formula 3. with Robert and I think it was, J- was it Jay? No, who was it? I think no, it was Jay-Han. Robert. It is Jayhan. Yeah, Ro- Ro- yeah, yeah. And all three of them were just like dominating and they were like dominating to the point where they were literally taking bets on if they would like miss the curb or like what their lap times would be. Like, like, like how although- far ahead of each other they would be, they'll take it. But they, yeah. they won that championship, like Prima that year won that championship. By like 200, 300 points. And you have yeah, to remember. And that's crazy. The, the team was averaging, like, I've watched this episode recently. Don't worry, this isn't just like in my mind. But um, they were averaging like 65 points a weekend, which we know the, the same amount of points aren't handed out in Formula 3 as they are in Formula 1. As well as the fact they had three drivers, like three cars, obviously more opportunities, but their car that was dominant. Yeah. Like, that was dominant and that's what that's my thing that's my main point that i like 
every single time, like, I'm like, oh, like, you know what? Fred had really bad luck. But at the end of the day, Prema is the best team on that Formula 2, Formula, if you, it, like, in the Formula, junior Formula categories. They have dominated, even in F1 Academy, they've dominated in Wrecker, in Formula, Re- in Formula Regional, obviously, Formula 4, Formula 2, Formula 3. Like, they are not a, like, if you know anything about, even if you don't know anything about junior categories, you probably still know Prema Racing. You know yeah, I mean? that's probably that's probably the one that like you you learn before everything else. And it's not only the fact that they have really good drivers, they back that up with uh with with like good promotion for their drivers, good mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. And I think you come out even if you didn't have a very good season with Raymond, you come out with more followers and stuff like that because they are really well known team people like them, but they market you in a mm-hmm. really amazing way. You do a lot yeah. more of the kind of media things and like you know YouTube videos and stuff like that that the boys in F one do. So I guess it's all, that's also a nice like segue into a Formula One seat as well. Kind of learning some of the yeah. other, um, which is like, like the parts that we see right. Like there's obviously so many different parts about you know becoming a Formula One driver, but that's definitely something that we see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's that's my like point. Like at the end of the day, Prema for the great team that they are, they had one too many like shocking moments with both fred and ollie like we will say that it wasn't just fred that was on the bad end of like the the bad end of calls but like as well as like ollie they've had some shockers this year and for coming p2 in the drivers and constructors champion like they lost everything to art which statistically prema was the better team fred had like 10 wins ollie had four wins and both victor and um and Teo only had one win each. And they both won Rookie of the Year and the championship. Oh, it's a it's a good day to be in the art. Uh, the, yeah, that's the right A-R-T. word. Yeah, yeah. ART. Um, that's what I'm Garage, saying. I'd say, they had a fantastic Formula 2 season. They didn't they have did. as good a Formula 3 season. Like, they I don't think so. I think they had... Who did they Let's have? have a look. What did I they think get? they had... I don't know where they finished, actually. But yeah, that's what I'm they saying. Like finished Prema, eighth. Oh, you know? Eighth. Okay, out of eight. Ten teams. Out of yeah, ten teams. It's not really. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's what I'm saying. Like this was Prema's after like the first five rounds. In my very honest opinion, actually, up until Abu Dhabi, really, this was Prema's. Mm. This was Prema's championship. Prema's Prema's drivers' championship. Prema's team championship. Prema's rookie of the year to lose, and they lost all three. And that's so, like, unfortunate, but it is what it is. And they had promising talent for all three of those categories. (laughs) Yeah, like, it was literally up to the last race in all three categories. They could have won in all three categories, and they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like, what what has happened there, my guy? But, yeah, on to the talking, on to the, as we're talking about, like, Teo Porsche and um, Fred Vesti. What are your thoughts on that entire battle? Did you think that Teo Porsche really was deserving of winning? I obviously know your thoughts, but let everyone else know like your thoughts on the kind of battle that was the Formula 2 title this year. I think that if we're like, you know, because this is a not a Formula 1, uh, a motorsport podcast. If we're talking about the people, I love Teo Porsche. Mm-hmm. He is such a lovely human being and i yeah. mean you know that me like that is how i choose my favorite drivers i'm 
not great at picking drivers based on ability. Um, anyway, so yeah, he, I think he deserved it in that way. And he was so like sweet in his, like in his interviews. And he was, he was, it was so beautiful seeing him. I love seeing videos of the drivers with their families, you know, after big things. That's so cool. He had a good season with an all, like a, a car that probably wasn't as good as Bramers. And mm-hmm. like, if you can pull those things together, it's another situation of like, driver team car and he had like what you kind of like 90% on all three of those and he had to be the hundred being the driver so and I think he did well and I think he's incredibly deserving of it do you feel the same yes I do I I at the end of the day I was team Fred because I like as much as I I I also share the same opinion of I love Teo Porsche Teo Porsche is literally my icon my legend he is such an like he genuinely like engages in iconic behaviors all 24 7 and i genuinely think we will see him on formula one i actually think maybe sooner than sooner than everyone really thinks obviously with a lot of the drivers coming off both alpha boys sauber boys actually now coming off contract at the end of this season i um at the end of next season rather i feel like Maybe Valtteri retires. Maybe he hangs up the boots. Maybe he just says that it's a, like it's time to you know retire and give it up for a bit. But I genuinely think that I see him in Formula One, or even if not in Formula One, in a different series of motor racing, different sing- season of single seater racing and stuff like that. He is genuinely one of those talented drivers, and he deserves a seat in Formula One as much as the next person, do- as much as as much as Fred Vesti does. But am I? And I also was rooting for him because obviously last year as well, like he came second to Felipe Dragovic, which obviously sucks because Felipe Dragovic, like obviously, like like you can't come. To, oh gosh, she's dying. <laughs> but it sucks to come runners up two years in a row, you know, and especially in a category where you can't defeat your like defend your title. And so like he's gone and beaten twice by two different people and like been the yeah. runners up two times. And I think in my mind, I, did, I, I remember so vividly, like, how I knew, how I, like, came to terms with knowing who Fred was. So, obviously, I've known, like, a lot of the Prema drivers. And I think last year, I was on the bus ride to retreat, and I was watching a Prema video. And it happened to be the Prema video where they're, like, the, the Guess the Food Challenge with <laughs> Fred, um, Logan, and Oscar, right? Oscar. And it's so funny. Like, I was literally sitting there on the bus, like, laughing. Like, this was hilarious to me. And I just remember thinking, like, Fred is really, like, a genuine, like, nice human being. Like, I didn't... I, at that point, in my mind, the only Formula 2 drivers I really knew last year were, like, the really famous ones. So, like, Felipe, um, Teo, like, the Screaming Meals boys, Jayhan, the Prama boys, all of them, Man. kind of, like... Yeah. I didn't, yeah, and Liam and obviously Yuri Vips. I've known, I knew only them. I didn't really know a lot of the other drivers, so I, I actually don't think I even knew Teo because Teo and Victor were team. Oh, Teo and um, Teo and Fred were teammates last year, so I don't think I knew what like ART was. So therefore, I like just in my mind they didn't exist. So I was like, okay, whatever. But then I was like, okay, when he signed for Prema, and then I was like, oh my god, he's like coming, like this is a homecoming kind of thing. I was like, okay, this is amazing. I love this very much. Like this is very much appreciated by me. And then obviously he's had amazing seasons and other series of motorsports and stuff. So like when I saw him and he was like leading the championship for a bit, I was like, you know what? There is a lot of people that could win this championship, but I think Fred was deserving of it too. And I think at the end of the day, I've come to terms with the fact that I also think that Fred's not getting a seat in Formula One, which breaks my heart 
every time I say it out loud. But I think Mercedes and Williams have conjoined, set their sights on Kimi Antonelli, and I think that's kind of evident in the way that they moved him straight up to Formula 2 and kind of dropped yeah. Paul from their um, junior category. And that's not to say that um, like Fred won't get a seat, another seat, seat, another kind of Formula 1, another kind of single-seating racing. I just don't think that I see him in Formula 1 in the current climate. So, yeah. So, back onto that, I just don't think that... Um, I don't think that Teo's getting a... I mean, not Teo. don't think that Fred's getting a seat in Formula 1, which is... Which breaks my heart. Because that... And that's the thing about watching... That's the, like, the bittersweet thing of watching Formula 2 and Formula 3. And a lot of junior categories as well. Like, there's 50... There's 52 drivers in the grid. 52 drivers on the Formula 2 and Formula 3 grid. Mm -hmm. Every single year, those those 52 drivers are replaced and go into, like, a cycle... Where, like, you don't even know if you're guaranteed a seat next year. And you don't know if your favourite's guaranteed a seat next year. And they can retire and they can leave. And whatever. And out of 55 of those drivers who make it to Formula 3 and Formula 2, or 52 of those drivers, there is only 20 seats in Formula 1. Which is crazy. And they don't change every year. Like... Formula and, 2 yeah. and Formula 3, most people won't do, like, cycle. more than maybe two, season, two seasons in each. Yeah, two or, or three. at least two seasons with each team, right? Whereas in Formula 1, you could be in the same team for 10 years, you know? And yeah. so there's, there's and, such minimal movement now. And I feel like we're at a stage mm-hmm. where a lot of the drivers are locked in for a while. Like, we obviously had two years where we had three drivers, like 2018 and then this yeah. year, where we had three fresh drivers. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think I think the thing is, especially during like a long time ago when there was like when Formula One like like twenty nineteen like you said and twenty and this year as well, we had a lot of drivers who left the grid due to like their age. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, Seb was Seb was pretty old. Obviously, Nicholas Latifi. Obviously, he went to pursue other things, and then Danny Rick. Obviously, he got quite old, but then he ended up getting the seat back anyways. But at the end of the day. Where when people retire or like leave, they're not like majority of pe- majority of times when teams like get rid of a driver, it's because they're retiring, not because they're like leaving for like other reasons. Or if they are leaving for other reasons, they're going to another team. So there's still only one seat instead of there being two seats, or there's going to be no seats because they're just doing a driver swap, or like you know what I mean, like just drivers are going around the grid, whereas. We have, and we have a very young, if you think about it, a very young kind of grid this, like, for the next few years. At least, like, because they're all in their mid-twenties. You can, like, Fernando's racing in his mid-thirties. So you're saying that at least, these people have at least ten years. So I'm talking about, like, Lando, Charles, Fernando's Carlos. Fernando's 40, but oh, what is it? He'll be glad that you Yeah, he is, sorry, he is, he is 40. Yeah, no, thank you. Fernando's going to be very happy that I've said that, but... Yeah, so, like, they're, they're all in their 20s, and they can very much race until their 40s if they really wanted to, like Fernando is. And so I'm thinking, like, realistically, the only people, in my opinion, that will retire in the next couple of years have got to be... This is in no particular order, but Fernando, <laughs> Valtteri, maybe Lewis, um, who who else? Maybe... No, actually, uh, Checo. Uh-huh. Checo, the Haas, the Haas boys. 
and yeah. the half boys. So I think six people really realistic. Maybe Danny, but, but that's, I don't. That's within the la- the next like four or five years four. though. Yeah, that's you know? like and these drivers these drivers don't have four or five years in Formula Two. Like you can't just keep going yeah. back. The money's not there. The interest isn't there from good teams, and it's also that are not get you worth in the right it. Spotlight. Yeah. It's no, also right. if you think about it, it, it is, is a really cutthroat series. To have five seasons, or like say, say you've been so like say I'm a driver in Formula Two, and I've been promised a seat, but in five years from now, like say Lewis Hamilton says he's gonna retire in five years from now, and they're like you, you're gonna get that seat. Like we guarantee you that seat, Lewis Hamilton's seat, when he retires. Like that's that's yours to take. A lot you of promises keep- are made though. Yeah, a lot of promises are made. But I'm saying if... And then they say that you have to just keep racing in a like a junior category or a different category of motorsports. I would not choose to do five seasons in Formula 2. I genuinely no. think that it's like one of the worst decisions that you could do in your life as like you can go to like formula e you can go to indycar you can go to endurance racing there are so many different options for people and i think a lot of people a lot of times a lot of people forget that although formula one is considered the pinnacle of motorsport i don't really think it is can i don't think at this day and age that it's considered the pinnacle of motorsport when you have so many other types of race so many other forms of like motorsport that's happening in the community and obviously there's so much interest from indycar especially to get formula two drivers and formula one drive like ex formula one drivers like if you look at the indycar and formula e grids they are pretty much all made up of ex formula two or ex f1 drivers like a good majority of them are made up of those kind of drivers but yeah so that's what i'm saying i just think that at the end of the day, Fred is going to go and pursue some other kind of racing and we're all behind him. I'm still a big Fred Vesti fan and I'm also very happy for Teo Porsche that he's won this championship. Now, the Formula 3 championship, on the other hand, less interesting but still very interesting to us. So, obviously, Gabriel Bortoletto was the one that um, took the championship in Monza. He took it in qualifying because Paul Aaron essentially had to had to get pole because if you get pole you get two points uh, obviously he didn't get pole so it was actually a pretty cool wild run but katie take me through your thoughts on the formula three championship again i think i don't think you can win a championship and it not be deserved like especially i feel like maybe even more so formula two because you have to put good race weekends together because they do a few more series mm-hmm. but um yeah. a few more race weekends but again Bordoletto, great driver i guess good car underneath him good team comfortable how many seasons had he done this was his rookie season okay well you went on your rookie season that doesn't that's that's not a bad driver that's a that's excellent bad driver, driver um he signed outside... for he's signed for next year. He's going yes, to Yes, in, in Victor Vitrosi racing. Vitrosi. I can never say the name correctly. Vitrosi But the one that in Victor yeah, whatever. The one that Jack Doohan raced for. That's all I'm gonna say. That's got that's gonna what yeah. I'm gonna refer to he it is, as. He is the icon of He's yeah. there with Chris So yeah, Manny. again.
But, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, Bortoletto's, like, his real talent has been, um, like, McLaren have realised that, and they're like, okay, we want to make you the next thing. And even if he doesn't sign with the McLaren F1 team, he can go to the McLaren IndyCar team, he can go to the McLaren. Like, there are so many possibilities for Gabriel Bortoletto, and I'm really hyped, and I'm really excited to see where this next journey of, like, Formula One, Formula, or, like, his Juni series takes him, because I'm genuinely a Gabriel Bortoletto fan. As one always is. Okay, so now we're going to talk about some outstanding weekends from both, from some of the drivers. Katie, do you have any, like, wait, but, like, from a specific driver in general? I think my standout weekend and one that I can remember watching and just being like, wow, he is a good driver, would be Oli Beerman and Baku. Um, Yeah. He put it on pole with a twisted steering wheel. And then went on to win both the sprint. Obviously, we spoke about that kind of crash and how that led. But I can I can remember the moment of him being back in the lead and then crossing the line to get the one two. Um, and then he won he won in the feature as well. And yeah, a really good driver. He obviously had a pretty inconsistent season, and to put together a championship winning uh, season, he would have to be a lot more consistent. Got that out. Okay, um, so we don't know where Ollie's going next year, but we assume he is going to some Formula 2 season. So another good opportunity for him to, um, yeah, put together hopefully a more consistent appearance. He did a couple of FPs as well. So he, he did have a good um, a good season and runner-up to Rookie of the Year as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, as, as you've said, I think that performance from Oli Behrman was one of the best performances I've seen in Formula 2 for a very long time and I think ultimately although he was a part he's been a part of the like FDA for a very long time now I think it just proved the point like prove like he just opened the eyes of a lot of people in that F1 paddock and was like oh my god like who is this kid like he needs to in the grid ASAP and I know that he's like contractually obligated to go to like either Haas or Ferrari because he signed with the FDA but I genuinely don't think I'd see him in Formula 1 for a little while purely just because um, Haas has said on several occasions that they do not want more rookies signed to their team so I'm sorry to break it to you all the Bamman fans but he is not going to Haas anytime soon um it's yeah, I think it's one of those things where Oli is also a like although he had an amazing like race weekend in Baku, he's also had a pretty inconsistent season just in general. Oh, one hundred percent. And I Ups feel like and downs. once again, yeah. And I th- feel again, like again some again, bad luck. Um, but yeah, and I think at the end of the day. Like, it comes with your being in your rookie season. He was in this rookie season of Formula 2. And as we have said several times in this podcast and several times on just any forms of social media, it is extremely difficult to drive that Formula 2 car. It is hard to drive that car. It is an adventure and a half. We've heard that from several drivers, several ex-drivers, even to the point where Tatiana Calderon had to help design the new Formula 2 car for next season because it was so difficult for drivers to just, like, drive in. And if you were, like, Mm. the potential of some drivers just getting wasted because the car was so difficult to drive. And once again, Formula 2, 
I've said this, I'm pretty sure we said this on the last podcast episode, but in my very honest opinion, I think that in Formula 2, Formula 3, you should just give drivers the exact same car, exact same setup, exact same, like, exact same everything, just change the teams, and just have different strategists, and see who's the best driver, because at the end of the day, that's what Formula 2 and Formula 3 should be about, not about about, which drivers... Which not not about which drivers can afford getting a seat at Prema, not afford not like you know what I mean. Like there are some drivers who f- simply cannot afford a seat at Prema or f- cannot f- afford a seat anywhere like close to that because they do not have the funding for that. And that's why we see so many drivers not be able to complete a whole season in Formula Two because they can't, yeah, like, or Formula Three because they run out of funding. And it's it's it sucks to see because. These are kids who have given up their entire livelihoods to have a shot at reaching this goal. And they are this close. Like, they are this close to even, like, all it takes is one race. And I will always say that. All it takes is one good race. And then you have all the eyes on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we've seen so many drivers just have to, like, quit on their dreams and quit on just what they're doing and, like, what they've spent their entire life, like, working towards. Because they can't afford it. And so that's my pitch to Formula 2 and Formula 3 and the FIA. Make this... Like, I know you obviously need to make the money back. I'm not dumb. I know how it works and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, there are so many drivers. And obviously, look, I I just think that there are so many talented drivers whose talent gets wasted or potentially gets wasted because... They can't, they can never be put into a competitive car like a Prema or like an ART or an MP Motorsports car. Like they can't, or a high tech. They can't be put into like a competitive car like that because they don't have the funding. And so we're just like wasting the potential of a lot of people. But that's my thoughts. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Do you have a standout weekend for somebody? Oh, do I have a standout weekend? Oh, my standout weekend has got to be <laughs> Zandvoort, if I'm thinking about it. But I'm trying to think about another yeah. standout weekend. I feel like the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix... I, I won't talk about Zandvoort again. I will save everyone the, that. But I think Abu Dhabi's got to be pretty good for Teo Poche. Look, admittedly, I was very upset that um, main man Fred didn't get to win the championship, obviously. I was a bit upset, but it is what it is. And then, but I think all the sadness really left my body and was replaced by more sadness, but like happy sadness when I heard Teo Porsche's um, like radio message. Cause it was so like, I'm a sucker for when people cry on the radio. And when he was just like oh, I know. crying and saying like, I love you guys so much. Like it just broke my heart. I was like, at the end of like, I, like I was reminded of the fact like, these are drivers who have worked their entire lives for this moment, and although like the person that I didn't want to win, what like didn't want to win one, but he still won, and he still worked as hard. Like you cannot deny that Fred, like that Teo did not work his butt off this season to win the championship, and I think oh yeah, look he's had like I've said he's had a career.
one performance that we haven't spoken about is Mm -hmm. um jack dune obviously had a pretty again roller coaster um roller coaster season but he did in hold the phone while i figure out where it was uh, budapest he, he did do i think what do they call it it's called like a grand they call it a the grand, grand slam, slam. Like, but it's but um he got pole fastest lap and the feature race win and again did he not get the sprint really... race win though too did he Maybe. i don't know i don't think so Maybe I think so, but I think these two people in Formula Two history have who have done that, and that's him and Charles Leclerc, and so that's pretty good odds. Um, again, good another odds. amazing performance. He's obviously leaving us again. Um, so yeah, he 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 had a nice week in pain for the end. That's a good point. Um, I just you think cut. I love. Sorry, yeah, I'll, I'll just continue my point. But I just think, you know, it's always good for us, especially because there was no Kiwis on the grid this year. It was good for us to see an Australian driver do well, obviously. Next year, probably not going to have any Australian drivers in Formula 2. They're all going to be congregating in Formula 3. But I just think, look, he had a great season and he, honestly, I see that Formula 1 seat coming fast approaching. I just hope that one day he can get there, but, you know. Hopefully we manifest, we pray, and Jack Doohan will make it onto the grid for Alpine in 2020. I don't know when, but anyways. Katie, now it's time for the moment you've been waiting for. The moment everyone's been waiting for, really. Take it away with the drive of your life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your guys' favorite part of every single podcast. It is time for the drive of your life question. You and I, Tiana, we take a lot of drives. Someone who takes probably a little bit more drives than us are the Formula 2 and Formula 3 drivers. My question to you, Tiana, is which F2 or F3 driver from this season would you like to, this is the kicker, sober drive you to the club's come clubbing with you and then take you home so we need somebody who is fun sober okay Okay. which is hard i know a few drivers who are fun drunk but fun sober and then willing to sober drive you that's another added layer tiana take it away so obviously when you So when you say, like, going out anywhere, really, my first instinct is obviously Clem, because Clem is my all-time favourite driver, and I genuinely think him and I would be great friends. That's my toxic trait. But sober driving you home, that's just... That does not scream Clement Overlack to me at all in any way, shape, and or form. I would be the one sober driving home um, if, if that was the case. I can't drive. So neither can I drink. So this this entire situation is not suited towards me. But if I but if I had to choose one driver who screams responsibility to me, it would be Sebastian Montoya. Yeah, that oh, would really? be the driver I pick. Okay. Who would you pick, Katie? I just think that he's a very wholesome human being who knows what he's doing and he's very like lovely he seems like a very wholesome and lovely human being so that's who i'd pick anyways katie 
Okay. Okay. I've been thinking about this long and hard when I thought about it on yep. my drive home today <laughs> from work. I was like, I, I'm, I've got an idea. Okay. I am picking the one and only F2 champion, Teo Pochier, because I feel like he is so fun and sweet and cute when he is like sober, obviously, because when he gets out the car, like, and is, you know, he's a good time. We're just, me and him in the clubs, just like dancing to Travis Scott. Like, we're having a good time. He then is like a responsible guy and be like, okay, time to go home now. Like, I'm not saying that I'm like drunk as, but I can get back in the car. Yeah. He drives me home. He just seems like a gentleman as well. Like, he'd be lovely. Um, yeah. So, in a world full of boys, he is Teo Pusher. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that TikTok was being made by somebody. If not, I'm going to make it when I get, after we finish this. But yeah. I actually think it's a pretty good pretty good option, but as per usual, yeah. you slayed with the drive of your life question. And it brings us to the end of our episode, end of the Formula 2, Formula 3 wrap for 2023. Kate, I want to say a huge big shout out to Katie, as per usual, for joining me on this very, very special episode of From the Field to the Track, as per usual. She is quite sick at the moment, so send her some loving thoughts and prayers to her. Make sure she gets better before. We've got an intense few weeks of filming. I know. Yeah, I know. I need my, like, I'm losing my voice. Like, I'm I'm holding it together, but I'm losing my voice. So I'm hoping that it comes back um, in the next few days with a little bit of luck. Because uh, we've got some big thing planned. And always, we're always teasing little bits and bobs. We've got some of our favourite guests coming back on for a refilm. Um, yeah, so that'll be good. Um, so, yeah, we've got I really some- hope... I really hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Make sure you like and subscribe if you want to see more stuff from us and keep up with From the Field to the Track. All of our social media is linked in the description box, so make sure you go and check that out because it will be a fun time for you all. And as as a usual reminder, we have been starting now, the F- From the Field to the Track first annual season awards. So we are doing an award show on TikTok Live on 16th of December, 5.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, and 7.30 New Zealand Daylight Saving Times. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what time zone Katie lives in. We are, but we are in Daylight Saving Times. They time. are. Yeah. And so that is, that is that. And you can go and vote for all the people that you want to vote for. All the categories and everything. The link is in the description box. Make sure you go and check that out and vote for your favourites. But as usual, I hope you enjoy your week. We will see you in the next one. Stay safe. We love you. See you in the next we one. We love you. Bye. Thank you.